years into this friendship, I think I can tell when my friend is having a meltdown. Wherever you are, you need to come back quick because this weekend is not going to be a walk in the park. No signal. It's not easy to leave the comfort of your lives behind. Yes, I will face my trauma or whatever. It's Moving Radio on CJSR 88.5. I'm your correspondent, Lucas Anders. Berkeley Brady is a former resident of Edmonton. She's the director of the film Dark Nature. It's screening as a part of the homegrown cinema series out at the Metro Cinema, and you can catch it on Monday night at 7 o'clock in the evening. Welcome to the show, Berkeley. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you aboard to learn a little bit about your film. I always appreciate getting that perspective from the creator on their film. So could you tell us a little bit uh, about Dark Nature? I can, but wait, did you see it? Have you seen it or no? I am planning to see it on Monday. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Seeing it in the theater. All right. I have to say this too. It's way better on the big screen because it was meant to be seen on the big screen. Now, if you're in there and the sound is quiet, make them stop and pump that sound because our sound design and our composers are Ghostkeeper. But it isn't just the composers, it's also the sound designers who were at Post House here in Calgary. Like this movie, so many of the scares and just the feelings come in sound and they did such a good job. So I've been to a couple of screenings where I felt like the sound was really low and it wasn't playing like Dolby or surround sound. I was like, what? Like, this, that's the worst experience. So. Make sure they're playing it loud and see it in the theaters because it's how it's meant to be seen. Because it is a movie that takes place in the mountains, in the Rocky Mountains, that really showcases what our landscape is here and our environment. And I think so many films come from other places to shoot here, so many productions. And there's fewer productions that are actually just made here that get to make it to the big screen. So Dark Nature is lucky to be one of those and hopefully a scary movie if you like movies that are about friendship being in the outdoors dealing with difficult issues but not shying away from them you did get a chance to bring it here to the edmonton international film festival but is it special to bring it home to a space like the metro cinema a historic building in the city of edmonton and a place you called home at one time Yeah, well, I was born in Edmonton and then was raised pretty much just outside of Spruce Grove before it was a suburb. It used to just be like sandy kind of hills and forest. So for me, I I do feel those roots in Edmonton. My dad's family is Métis. And if you kind of go back, the Brady's were the Garneau's before. So the Garneau district used to be their farm. And I believe they donated it to the university. So I'm kind of like, hey, what happened with all that land? Wasn't it supposed to just stay preserved? Anywho, that's another conversation. I don't know the history. But yeah, I do think Edmonton has an incredible history. And to be in a historic building, I wish I could be there. Yeah, we definitely wish you could be there as well. But everybody needs a vacation, right? (laughs) A time to kind of connect and and get out of our spaces. But yeah, it's going to be a fun time for many people who are going to come check it out as part of that homegrown series. It is your first feature, You started with a genre of horror, and I'm just curious what maybe 
made you decide to go that route to start off your feature film career? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question because when I got out of film school, I definitely wasn't thinking horror. And I think maybe I was even judging horror. And the more I got to learn about it, thanks a lot to a fellow Edmontonian, David Bond, who was a big part of writing the script and just an incredible, just a very generous filmmaker and co-writer and producer, but he lives and breathes horror. And so I would sort of say like, yeah, but listen, but when you see a movie like blah, 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 it has these merits. And he's like, okay, well, I'll give you a horror movie that not only has those filmmaking merits, but also is important because horror is this genre that has been persecuted like people who love horror have been persecuted in many ways for just wanting to explore and have the right to explore the full range of human experiences which can be gross which can be scary and so I think anytime there's censorship on that we should be wary of that because at the end of the day these movies do affect us I do think you have to be careful and it's not for everyone to always see horrific things but if you're in a good place in yourself, like that is not real blood that you're seeing on screen. We have to have that in our minds. But you can explore these fears that you may have and do it from the comfort of a chair while you're eating popcorn. Like that's much better than actually going through really scary things. But we all deal with fear and fear is such a part of the human experience that to me, it's really exciting. The horror is like, yeah, let's let's go there. Let's let's get rid of it. It's like get it out of our bodies, share it together, go through these things together in a safe way. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I guess that brings another curiosity around that idea of fear. In terms of creating the film, which element did you relate the most to in terms of the creation of that film? Like in terms of what the characters go through or actually the creation as in like being producing it? Maybe the characters. Is there something you can relate to in terms of the journey that they went on through this film? Yeah, definitely. I think each of the characters is pulled from life, from my own experiences and other people's experiences that I've spoken with. And I think for the character of Joy, she goes through this abusive relationship. And in a way, it makes her very self-centered because she's like going through this difficult thing and she's not able to see the effect it's also having on other people, including people who really love her, like her best friend. So I think that's an experience I went through in my like younger years of just going through a bad relationship, it just consumed so much of my time. Looking back, I'm like, what a downer I was for my my dear friends. <laughs> like, well, I went through that. But at the time, you know, there is something you do have to focus sometimes on yourself. And that has consequences. So I wanted to explore that in the movie. And also, there's actually a scene where the Dr. Dunley character is alone in the forest. And she kind of hears little, like a twig break. And that just on a visceral level, I've just been in those experiences where you're like, I'm in nature, I'm like loving being with Mother Earth, here I am. And then I hear like a crack. What is that? Like, oh no, the cougar, it's here. <laughs> or the bear. Or there's just like, what would you do if you really came across a bear and it's just you? Like, that could be scary. Although they really, I believe, are not. Generally, they are more scared of us and they're not here to hurt us. But, you know, if you're afraid, they'll pick up on that. Like, it's scary. Usually it's a squirrel that broke the twig, but just that moment of like, you hear something and you realize you're really vulnerable. I think I've had that and I continue to have that experience. Yeah, it just takes you out of the world that you're occupying. Or it brings you right into it because you're like, oh, this is not this idyllic, 
you know, vacation. This is, this is nature. For sure. Yeah. You did have a strong cast of women feature. Did you enjoy working in that environment? I mean, at times. (laughs) Can I say no comment? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) There was incredible talent. I loved working. There's an Edmontonian actress who's in the film, Helen Belay, who's just incredible. I worked with her on a short film and I believe in her so much. I think she's going to be a real superstar. And this is her first feature project, which is a big leap. And it's a very different style of acting in the theater versus film. So it was really cool to see her grow in that role and how quickly she learned. And I'm sure if anyone wants to see her in more work, I know she does a lot of theater work in Edmonton. So I really hope people get a chance to go see her because I know she's also starting to work other cities and they're going to steal her away pretty soon. So get on that. (laughs) Working within that first feature, what would you say was the most challenging part of putting it together for you? Mm -hmm. Well, there's different stages. So you have like your financing stage, right? And so I was working on the script and we got financing through telefilm and then, but they had notes and, you know, there's still quite a bit of time between when you get that, hey, you got X amount of dollars. So then there's still money to go find. Then you have like the actual shoot itself, which is its own. I'd say working on a shoot is sort of like working in a factory. It's just like a factory job. You have to get there early, leave late. You have no choice. Like you have to go. <laughs> you, Especially for the actors and department heads and director, anyone who's got like, um, and, and every role really, like if you get sick, of course we had COVID, so you have to be very careful. We were very careful about that. But let's say you just like, I don't know, needed a mental health day. Like you cannot take it. There's so much packed onto those schedules. And to me, that's tough because it feels like you're in a prison. <laughs> it's like, doesn't matter what I need or what my life needs at this moment. You can't think about it. It's only about the film at that time. But I think once you also completely, well, for myself, I find like, when you just submit to that, like, well, this is my life for 14 to 18 hours a day. I'm coming here and I'm doing this and I don't get to do anything else seven days a week. Then like if you fight it, it's going to be hard. But if you just are like, this is what I'm doing. It, it's like you just do that. Like be here now. <laughs> Pairing on to that, what was the most rewarding for you in terms of that experience? I think it would be days that I know we really got what we went in for. And I don't think that means they were happy days or that they were fun days. Like it was a really hard shoot. And it was, and I think just filmmaking in general, I think you get these odd movies that are like, oh my God, I'm Sarah Pauly. And we all got childcare and got to take this break and we're all best friends. It's like, oh my God, amazing. But that is so rare. So I think it's less about like feeling happy and having fun and more just like, wow, we all really broke a sweat. We shed tears there might have been some bleeding (laughs) like but we did this together and we really got beautiful footage that is unique and I think anytime I I know that people who worked on the the film were attracted to the subject matter and to what we were trying to talk about in terms of friendship and trauma I guess and how people deal with trauma so I felt like when we really nailed those thematic kind of things in a scene everyone could go home satisfied and I think at the end of the day, I just want my crew to feel like they their work will be represented well. Same with the actors, that their performances were on point. And I think we have some scenes in Dark Nature that I'm really, really proud of. 
you don't know until you're in the edit that it did work. So yeah, you kind of have to just trust the moment. But are you a filmmaker too? I feel like you have like a filmmaker look. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've got a bit of, I haven't delved into that. I'm definitely interested. I'd love to be a part of that process one day. I have a lot of interest in it, obviously, being a part of this moving radio family. We love elevating people like yourself who who create art and, and build that world for people and that universe. I think it's, it's exciting. And yeah. uh, I'd love to be a part of it <laughs> in some capacity and certainly would jump on board if I got, <laughs> I got the call. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We'll keep putting yourself out there. You've got a gate face. I could see you in a movie. I know it's on radio, so they can't see you, but you got like an active space. You can do this. <laughs> Very and that's what I'm saying. Like all faces do could be actor faces. Like, it is what I love about performances is like that people do look different. And I think we're moving into an era more where we are interested in representation, not just of like different races, but also different ages and different just looks. Like I saw this movie or a TV show called Rain Dogs. It's on HBO. Do you know that that series? It sounds familiar. It's really good. And the the lead actress in that and the the show Somebody Somewhere. Someone Somewhere, is it called? Also on HBO? Somebody Somewhere or someone... It's like these lead actresses, they're not like what we saw as leads 15, 20 years ago. But as you watch it, I'm like falling in love with them. You know, and I'm like, they're so beautiful. So I do think there is... I just want to like correct and say there isn't just like one look, but I think you could do it too. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, though. Sometimes in film and television in the past, we just, we never saw the people that we see in our regular day lives. And I think it's nice to see that in film and television. Yeah. And obviously you're, you're a part of that and, and building that world. So that's amazing that you do that. I'm trying. Yeah. Even when I think of my, of the lead in this movie, Hannah, Hannah Emily Anderson, she's so beautiful. That was actually something I was like, oh, I don't like want a lead who's this beautiful because I just want her to feel more like a regular person. And she's like a model, but she's such a good actress. And she had this horror background. It was, I almost felt like it was like the opposite. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with this beauty just. <laughs> and like, she is just so talented. I think her talent does transcend her looks. But she is also just so beautiful that I was like, oh, I don't want to just be like this filmmaker who has to have this like beautiful person. I really just want like the best actor. But sometimes that is a beautiful person. Mm -hmm. I don't want to discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. You talked about soundscape in terms of influences. Was there any, you know, film or filmmaker that it sort of inspired you to to work within that soundscape? I think I was just very aware of how sound is part of filmmaking. And it's not a part we always talk about as much because we're more visual creatures. So we talk about what we see, but sound is so much about the feeling. And especially in horror, I think I was looking at, I use the soundtrack from Pet Cemetery while I write a lot because it's very orchestral and just but it's very eerie and it's just like really eerie feelings. I really like also during some scenes to play music while the actors are performing. So if we don't, if it's a take where you don't need to be recording the sound, like there isn't dialogue, let's say, if they're just running or they're doing something like that, I'll bring like a little speaker and play music because that also really helps them perform. You know, it's like gives them a pacing. It gives them a sense of what's happening. And also for all the crew, everyone understands when they hear music. Oh, that's the feeling we're going for. 
So it's a great way to communicate. Then also when you're working on a budget, it is a lot cheaper to work with sound than it is with visual effects. So for me, I really wanted part of the creature in this film, the way he targets the women is by basically like he'll focus on them. And when he's watching you, focusing on you, he could trigger your worst fears. So while that happens, there's like other sound in my mind, like other sound drops out. And so like while you're getting targeted, you kind of go through this process and that process accelerates the more times it happens to you and the deeper they get and the closer they get to like the creature's lair. So for me, it was like pulling sound out really and bringing other things in. How do you make this subjective experience of what fear they're experiencing and what memories come with that fear just in sound? That's something you can do with a sound designer over a course of a day or two for a much lower price than them. <laughs> and, you know, we're working on indie budgets. So it's like to use sound effectively and to build it into the script was a way that we could expand on the production value. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty interesting experience. The sound, it, it typically plays a big role in any film. So yeah, it's very interesting that you decided to focus on those elements. It's very subliminal too. And it's something you feel like you don't have to think about it. It's it's a more primal, I think doesn't sound come before sight in our like, just like primal understandings, just like a vibration. That's why I started by saying like, I really hope they pump this volume and there's surround sound in the theater. And if there isn't, I will just be so sad. Don't even tell me if it's not there because I'll just be so sad. It's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. Just looking for your pitch to the audience if somebody's going to come see it on monday what can they expect or what do you feel like you want them to come away with well i find i enjoy movies the most when i don't have a lot of expectation if someone tells you this is the best movie you've ever seen and you go on you're like no it isn't i like that one better but if someone says it's like the worst then you'd be like i was pleasantly surprised so i think what i would just hope is that people go to see to have an experience and let it just wash over them, especially on the big screen. Like these images are really, really special that we captured. They're like not just beautiful, but I think there's a feeling in there that comes from this place. As like being an Albertan, you'll feel it. And I don't almost want to say more to explain it, but I think it will hopefully incorporate a lot of and express like what people are feeling just in our day-to-day lives about living here, about this place, and about just going through life. And it's really about friendship, this movie, to me. So if you yeah. care about those things, you're going to be like, okay, okay. And just to like go in, just don't fight it. Just go in, eat, get your popcorn, get your soda. Just mm-hmm. enjoy it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience and and telling us a little bit about Dark Nature. You can catch Berkeley Brady's film as a part of the homegrown cinema series down at the Metro Cinema. That's Monday night at seven o'clock. I'm Lucas Anders, your correspondent for Moving Radio. Something is going on. What's the matter? It feels like something is watching us. Does it scare you? This is not what I signed up for. Who did you see? Who's this thing? It's like just being here does something to us. We all had the same nightmares. I'm sure there's another explanation. People have been coming here for thousands of years. 
They believe there was a powerful spirit here. There's no coming to consciousness without pain and discomfort.